Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, a late rule change thwarts Tongan skier Kasseti and Alfahu skiing at the World Alpine Championships. And the new Fiji rugby league coach lays out his vision for the future. But first, the Solomon Islands Football Federation says it will be asking questions of the country's government after forfeiting its place at the men's under-17 World Cup for fielding an overage player. A disciplinary committee found Chris Satu breached both the Oceania Football Confederation disciplinary code and regulations when he turned out for the Solomons at the OFC Under-16 Champs last year. SIF President William Lai says the player has lied to them after being found to have two different passports. The passport, the process or issuing is not under our control. It's the passport and it's a sovereignty that, that our government gives. So we, we, we don't have you know, much of uh, yeah, but unless, but much of a say, but but surely we 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 we're gonna do a independent investigation on the matter, and from that one, we need to come up with a solution for for how best we can handle the situation. I mean, it's not only safe. Safe, we do all we can. Even from the last tournament, since I take over as a president. And until what we do all can to ensure that it will comply with the regulation of everything. But this, in this case, it's not under our control, unfortunately. Yeah, because I guess from SIF's point of view, you you saw a passport; it was obviously um, fine, and and then you find out there's another one. So I guess the the the, the tough thing in this situation is you've got everybody else in that under 16s team that did so well and qualified for the World Cup and. And, and now it looks like they're not going to get to go through no fault of their own. Yes, I mean, we all diversified because uh, I just got into presidency about three and a half or about four years ago. I mean, we, we put a lot of effort on, on to try to one of our youth team qualify for the World Cup. And uh, we, we surely know that senior team is very difficult because New Zealand will be very strong. So unfortunately, this is a very sad, sad day for us. Eh? You know, this, this kind of vision, whatever happened. So, so, so William, to, to the best of your knowledge or, or SIF's knowledge, uh, Chris Satu, who obviously was overage, uh, as is now known for that tournament, um, I mean, he, he must know his age. So d- d- did he lie to SIF? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We we do need to follow the investigation, internal, independent research will find out the all aspect what actually happened. I think that would be a thoroughly process, and whereby we can find out more. The in hopefully 100% what had happened. Okay. Um, has anybody from SIF spoken to him since the announcement, or, or since you were informed of the decision on Friday? I don't think so. 
at the moment because we, we are very devastated and I think it's not time for us to go and see him and hopefully very soon we, we, we really need to sit down with him to see independent investigation, to see the process of what, what really make him to do did that, you know. You know, I mean, we need to find out everything. That's what, I mean, I demand for it. I mean, our executive demand for it. We need to do that because our work and our our name has turned because of the situation of his actions. If really his, his whatever happened, you know, the way it is now is different. He had two passports, you know. And so Solomon Islands Football Federation has, I think it's 15 days to, um, you know, choose whether they wish to appeal or not. Uh, are you planning to appeal the decision? Well, we have a exact meeting immediately uh, in the morning of Saturday, yesterday. We did have two resolutions made. One is we're going to appeal, appeal for the uh, decision and appeal, you know, on, on the, uh, that's, I think it's, it's just, just right that we need to appeal, uh, not necessarily get the, what we want, but I think the process has to be done because uh, more into the future, looking at, and hopefully if we can get something, we can go. I mean, you know, I mean, we, 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 we work so hard to go, you know. If not, they're gonna, we're gonna go, but at least we have a, hopefully we, we set a process or procedure so we, not only us, everywhere in Oceania to ensure that we, we have a better, everything is gonna be better. And, uh, the, the internal investigation that you've said, uh, SIF will conduct, uh, has that started? When will that start? And, and when would you, uh, hope to have the findings? They're gonna be start very soon. We need to appoint those capable and independent somebody from uh, how we're going to do it. I think, you know, this is the first case, so we need to get time to see how best we can have that independent setup. I mean, that's, that's a new thing for us too. And uh, we will consult with Ocean Football and our government and maybe FIFA, then we, we, we need to set our independent body. That is totally independent so that for us in Solomon, Football is, is number one, and it, it is treated like religion, just like rugby in in New Zealand. So we need to go get a board of it, and we do need a total a zero tolerance on the on the issue. And when once we get this done, for when we get everything done in the future, we have a hundred percent surety that we have have something that we can uh, not scale of the current issue. Therefore. We need to probably after the real recommendation, we need we need to talk to every stakeholders, especially the government, the the, the institution that uh, giving the birth certificate and passport. I think to me there's a substitution, there's a fraudulent act in the process. So both the passports are Solomon Islands passports, is that correct? Yes, definitely it's a Solomon Island passport, and um, I'm surely even before the. In, independent investigation chiefs need to sit down with the government, the, the agencies of home affairs, immigration, to really talk to them and really have an audience with them that this thing will, should never happen again because it turns our whole someone's, you know, image. You know, while it's football, but football is a number one sport and, you know, it's important that we 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 need to let our citizens, everybody, football lovers, to to ensure that we we are abide to the this moral and ethical issue.
you know, I think that's very important. That's the Solomon Islands Football Federation President, William Lai. Tongan skier Kasiti Nelfahu Skin is staying positive despite a late rule change denying him a place in the men's giant slalom main race at the Alpine World Ski Champs. The 36-year-old finished 107th of 108 competitors who completed both runs in the qualification race in Sweden on Friday, with 12 of the original starters failing to finish. The top 50 finishers qualified for the main World Championships race and Skeen initially thought he was also through in one of the spots reserved for countries that have only one representative at the event. But he says officials changed the qualifying criteria after the race. I achieved what I set out to achieve. and The fact that they changed the qualification criteria just at the last minute doesn't detract from the fact that I made the goal that was originally set out before me. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. It's a shame not to be starting tomorrow, but, you know, I'm pleased to have represented Tonga. How did you feel out there on the course? Uh, it was a tough day on the course today. The, the temperatures have been pretty high, so we hit about seven degrees on the second run, um, and there were huge ruts and bumps in the course, so it was a tough second run especially. In San Moritz, I crashed out on the second run after hitting a huge bump, and I found myself in a similar position uh, halfway down the course today, and I had a bit of a flashback to San Moritz, and I kind of told myself, uh, this isn't going to happen again, I'm going to make it down to the end, and I did. So, you know, that's the kind of positive that I'm taking away from today. It wasn't necessarily my best result, but uh, it was a good finish for me today, and um, I'll take confidence from that. Yeah, with everything that happened two years ago, to to get to the finish line, to get counted on the scorecard, and... Uh... And, and, and not finish last, and, and obviously there were a dozen people that didn't complete the race. Um, um, do, you know, do you, do, do you feel like that's a huge achievement for you? It's a good achievement for me, and it's another marker, you know, on the way to the kind of the bigger goal of of, of reaching the Olympic Games. So, you know, I'm definitely going to build on what I've done so far. And, and so, um, you know, when did you find out that the the rule change had happened, and that you wouldn't be going through to the main race? So it was only about 20 minutes ago. Actually, they have a, a meeting with the, uh, the head coaches every night. Steve Grimman from the Royal Tonga Ski Federation went down there to uh, represent Tonga and, and, and take his place. Um, and after the meeting was finished, he called me up and said, uh, you know, I've got some bad news. Unfortunately, they've changed the criteria for qualification. So that's the way it falls sometimes. But uh, there's 13 other nations in the same boat, small nations from maybe not the traditional skiing background. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's an interesting decision. And I'll wait to hear the full uh, rationale behind it. There'll be another World Championships before the, the Winter Olympics. So, um, you know, with this in the bank, where do you go from here? Funnily enough, I'm uh, looking at the Swedish National Championships coming up uh, next month. Obviously, it, it's mainly for the Swedish skiers, but uh, it's open to all nationalities. And uh, we're possibly looking at moving up to uh, a different category, into uh, Super G, which is a speed category, which will be pretty fun. I've been uh, waiting a long time to get into that, and uh, my sponsors list have kindly sent me out a couple of pairs of Super G skis and the uh, Aura Slalom Club out here also providing me with training opportunities to train in that discipline. So I'm looking forward to moving up a gear and uh, going even faster. And I suppose the beauty this time is after your injury uh, a, a couple of years ago and you finally got a bit of time on your side now. You know, we're talking, you know, three years until the the Winter Olympics in, in 2022. Yeah, I've got a bit of breathing space now. And uh, now that I'm based myself up here in Aura as well, um, I feel like I'm in a really good place to kind of make the gains that I need to make to hopefully step out 
step out at the opening ceremony in Beijing. And uh, yeah, I hope a certain flag bearer will also be joining me out there too. That's Tongan skier, Kasiti Nelfahu Skeen. The new Fiji Rugby League coach says the chance to live on island and to grow the sport from within is what attracted him to the role. The former NRL and Super League centre Brandon Coston has signed a three-year deal to coach the Bati through until the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. The 46-year-old, who spent six seasons in charge of South's Logan and Sunshine Coast in the Queensland Cup, says he's especially excited about the chance to work with Fiji's local talent. The main thing that got me interested in the role was the requirement that you had to live in Fiji because the Fiji National Rugby League were really looking at growing the game from within. So, yes, I will coach Fiji Batty in the 2021 World Cup, but being able to develop players, local players, uh, at schoolboy level, and they started their Vodafone Cup series on Saturday, you know, the open age division. So just being able to help develop those players, move and progress, hopefully, into some NRL systems, then these you know, young blokes that live on island, they're going to change their whole life. So I think it's a lot easier for that player when there's a coach on, on island with a development plan that can keep the players accountable, keep the players accountable, rather than this new coach being, you know, say an NRL coach who just pops in for test matches and World Cups. So the development of the player is is really where I feel my strength is. And I I wanted to work with my strengths. I I suppose that's a change in tact for Fiji and, you know, a, a lot of the Pacific nations, Tonga with... Uh, Christian Wolf, uh, Samuel with uh, Matt Parrish, and uh, previously Matt Adamson and Rick Stone, and then uh, obviously uh, Mick Potter with Fiji. They've all been based in Australia or offshore, and, and typically had roles in or around um, NRL, Intra Super Cup, etc. It, it's a bit of a change, I guess, to go local. You know, a lot of the re- local residents national teams are, are coached by locals, yeah. but um, but generally not the, the the main side. Yeah, the work that Rick Stone, Mick Potter, and Matt Adamson did really built you know, Fiji National Rugby League to this place where they felt like they needed the coach to be here and to be able to progress those local players. Um, Fiji National Rugby League really believed that the local player has so much talent and can push for higher levels of play, um, whether you know they're 17, 18 and going through the junior ranks at an NRL club or moving into uh, like the New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup but they really believe the player has the talent and they just need to be nurtured to a degree and you know we probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the work that Rick Stone, Mick Potter and Matt Adamson have previously done. And obviously the Bati on the international stage have had great success in recent times I think it's three consecutive World Cup semi-finals uh, the last World Cup was a bit of a watershed for the Pacific region um, so, um, you know, how do you how do you take that platform and and you know, I guess improve on that? Well, I mean, obviously, Fiji National Rugby League that they want improvement. They're the only Pacific nation to have to, to not made the semi-finals in three World Cups. So, you know, there's probably a little bit of pressure to do it again in the fourth. But the governing body do want improvement. Now, in my short term here. That's not even on my radar. Our 
our next test match for the Barty is in June. Um, and obviously then we've got a couple of test matches in October, November, and then the World Nines. So, you know, I don't think, you know, three days into my tenure I could be jumping up and down and making any funny <laughs> sort of predictions about winning a, a World Cup. But, you know, we want to maintain where we are on the world stage with the Barty and improve every test match we play. But, you know, the position the Fiji Bhatti head coach. When I look at this position, it's not about the coach. And it's really, at this point in time, it's not about the Bhatti, but it's about the local player that's on island that is striving to improve and create a life for themselves. I suppose what we also have seen in Fiji uh, with, for example, the Fiji Sevens team are all based on island. They've got contracts. Uh, you've got the Fijian and Drua rugby team that won the Australian NRC last year and, and obviously lots of talent in that team. Um, you know, finally we've had this, um, you know, Fiji uh, New South Wales Cup team effectively get the green light and get support from the, the Australian government and looks like they'll finally follow in the footsteps of the PNG Hunters uh, in, in 2020. So there are examples of professional teams and athletes based in Fiji that have succeeded and I, I suppose, you know, there's certainly, yeah, certainly no shortage of talent. Yeah, we can draw a line through the rugby union and obviously the, the success of the sevens with a gold medal at the Olympics. Um, e- even a, a parallel with the hunters in PNG. The talent is there and needs to be given the opportunity. And really, when we get that green light for New South Wales Cup, it could be the missing link that will, would accelerate Fiji even higher in the world rankings because there's a clear and distinct pathway. So we've got our schoolboy players coming through a strong local competition you know, and they're able to then move into the New South Wales Cup squad you know, via the local residence team and then obviously go forth and get NRL contracts. That, that would be the goal to get as many local Fijian players moving through that pathway and schoolboys, residents, New South Wales Cup, then on into NRL systems. Once they're in NRL systems, they're going to be looked after way better than we can do here. So their progression and their development is going to accelerate. And then those local kids can obviously come back and represent the party. That's the new Fiji Rugby League coach, Brandon Coston. And that's the World in Sport for this week. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.